Okay, cook. Underestimated and still I made it In the book of hard knocks, I'm highly educated Nobody told me, looked over, but still dedicated Played in the league for 13, I ain't gotta be favored Two Super Bowls, Honolulu, I stood with the greatest The thing is this, if never rich, I'm good with my neighbors DB precision, television, ain't ask for no favors Numbers don't lie, neither do pictures, just look in the papers No backing down or turning back, part two of the movie Never the biggest, but it takes more than two just to move me Ain't gotta lie like what I'm saying, just respect it, it's honest Run through opponents, watch the film, it's effective, I promise Sit back and grab your popcorn, watch me go to work And tackle all of these topics right here on Face First uh. Welcome to this week's episode of Face First And we can get started right away And so to start, I want to say this If you're a fan, and there is something that you would not do In fear of getting your ass bust You should not do it at the game if you wouldn't walk up to somebody or one of these dudes and do it because you'd be scared that they'd be on your head right away, then don't do it at the game. For instance, let's just take me, right? If you would walk up to me on the street, say something racist purposely with me not bothering you to prove to me that you are racist, you're probably going to get your ass bust. Let's say we're at the movies and you decide to pour a box of popcorn on my head. You are probably going to get your ass bust. How about throw a water bottle at me just anywhere in life? Probably going to get your ass bust twice. If you spit on me, you're probably going to get your ass bust for as long as I can bust it, which will make me work out harder to prolong the time that I can bust your ass. So if any of these things are things that you would not do in fear of getting your ass bust walking down the street, don't do them at the games. That should be simple. Now we'll get on with the show. And so... You know, I was thinking about these things and like how fans have just basically gone crazy. And now, because they get put on TV, when they do these really stupid things, we had a dude rush onto the court in the Washington Wizards uh, Philadelphia 76ers game. Not for any reason, but to be stupid, but to be seen. It was a nice form tackle and it went away, right? And so now we see that fans don't necessarily, though, respect the game. And that's okay. You don't have to respect the game. You don't have to think that what these people do is amazing. You don't have to think that things that you've always dreamt of doing or stuff you did as a kid that you wish you could do for a living is an awesome event to be able to be at, especially after over a year sitting in your freaking house because of COVID and not being able to go to the games and talking about the way that you hate wearing masks or you hate not being able to do this, not being able to do that. Now you can go do that. Not only... Can you do it in a regular season game, but you're doing it in the NBA playoffs, some in Madison Square Garden, and you still just don't know how to freaking act. That's okay. If you can't understand that the game is important, but the athletes, the humans, you can't be a good enough human to treat these people decently. You can't be a good enough human to say, you know what? Maybe even though they seem to have superhuman athleticism, that there are people too? I mean, God forbid that they have real life issues. God forbid that their mental health is important, that they need to protect themselves, that they have some sort of anxiety, that they have some sort of depression, that real life actually happens to people who make a lot of money because we always get that. Well, I would if I, well, if I was in that position, well, if you paid me that, you know why they don't pay you that? Because you can't do it. Guess why the NFL no longer pays me millions to play football? Because I can't do 
cannot do it. I get that. I understand that. I don't ever say that I still can because I know that I can't. I am a has-been. Some of y'all is some never wases. And in that, you should be able to understand and respect that what these people are doing is special. Their gifts and their blessings are special, but they still just like you. They hurt, they cut, they bleed, they cry, and eventually they die. That's how it happens. And so now we're dealing with Naomi Osaka saying before the French Open that she's probably going to skip the interview process because she has that anxiety, because public speaking is tough for her. And what I've gone back and done is, is going back and watched some of her previous interviews when she loses. And I know all oh, losing is a part of it. She makes all this money. Tell me this. If Naomi Osaka decides to protect herself as she did once she was threatened by the French Open, if she decides to protect herself and withdraw, where does it hurt you? It hurts your pocket? It hurts your feelings? She's doing something to you? And so now we have the Rafael Nadals, we have the Billie Jean Kings, we have the McEnroe's who come out and say, you know what, that's part of the job. Speaking to the media is part of the job. And you're absolutely right. I'm not saying that the French Open or any other Open, the Open Open, the Australian Open, the U.S. Open, the Baton Rouge Open, the 104.5 Open, whatever Open it is, I'm not saying that you have to make concessions just for her but sometimes you got to understand and yes Billie Jean yes Raphael part of the media's help or part of the media's positives is that they push your game to the rest of the world they allow the rest of the world to get a glimpse into the stars into the athletes that make this go whether it's on grass whether it's on clay the reason that people can know these athletes, the reason that people feel like they could touch these athletes or relate to these athletes who are the top individual athletes in the world is because of you. I'm not saying that the media isn't needed, but I am saying that for some people, it's uncomfortable. That for some people, it's actually something to deal with. That when a young lady like Naomi Osaka goes the whole 2020 US Open representing different names of people who were part or victims of police violence on her, on her mask during COVID, that that is a stretch for her, that that is work for her, that is her using her platform. And I don't think that this time she was trying to use her platform for anything except for protecting her peace. Oh, but then you get the fans. Well, she got, she needs to grow up. And she, no, she don't. Because if she don't play, she don't make that money. If she doesn't play, she doesn't get that trophy. She doesn't continue to build that legacy, but also maybe if she doesn't play, she gets to work on her. If she doesn't play, she gets to have some sort of peace. If she doesn't play that social anxiety, that, that, that anxiety with public speaking, that depression isn't something she has to deal with. And so I'm not actually saying that I understand this. I was talking to Matt before we started recording the show and I told him I grew up in a house with a father that would work any job he had to work in order to feed us. I grew up with the father that many mornings before I went to my Catholic school, which I knew they had to scrape and scrap and pay for because I'd walk into the kitchen and hear my mom on the phone with Karen, Miss Karen Ivasevich, 
who was the secretary at the school, and they were working out and working out and trying to figure out how my mom was going to pay the monthly tuition for me to go to school. And they would help her and they would work with her and she'd get it done. And so that's why I understood when progress reports came around and I had a C that I couldn't have a C because they were struggling to make ends meet. And that's why my dad would wake up in the morning. I'd ask for my lunch money and it would come in ones, not because he was fine enough to be a stripper, but because he worked at a parking garage as a valet uh, running the valet department so he could get extra money. And that's how I ate. And he never complained. My mom just prayed everything away. And my daddy basically explained to me that depression and sadness and all these things were something that I couldn't afford. Not just because of where we were in life, but because I was a black man in America and that people weren't going to see it in a way that they were going to try to take care of me. Right. That, 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 that we didn't go to places that gave us help. We went to places that incarcerated us. And so I learned that many times you fight through this. You fight through injury, right? You fight through sadness. I learned that, 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 that a bad day was a bad day, just a sad day, not depression. That was what I was taught. So I can't say when, when these things are happening that I understand because I haven't dealt with them. I did have a close friend blow his face off on the levee, though, when I was in college that played park ball with me that went to high school with me, that hosted me on my visit at LSU, that asked me the night before he died or before he killed himself, hey man, are you okay? Is there anything I can do for you? And at that time, this 18-year-old brain that I had, well, hell, it's 41 now and we can't compute. I couldn't understand those things, but I do understand when I listen to Brandon Marshall, when I listen to Kevin Love, when I listen to LaMarcus Aldridge, who is just newly retired, right? It just seems like an offseason when he says he's depressed, though I can't understand, I can't relate. I understand that people deal with things. I have a daughter who has dealt with anxiety her whole life and a wife who told me I should get her help. And me as a dad who learned a different way saying, I don't want to do that to her. I don't want to bring her there because I don't want her to think that she's defective. But really, she just needed help. So I was part of the problem. So I'm not saying that we all get to be a part of the solution, that the French Open guy, the, the, the director has to come out and be a solution. Billie Jean King has to be a solution. But we can leave these people to hell alone and let them deal with what they got to deal with. And now people are going to be pissed off with Venus Williams because she told y'all the truth because you asked the dumb ASS question. You asked Venus, Venus, how do you deal with these things? Because Venus never had those issues. A girl from Compton, South Central, her and her sister take this tennis world by storm. Their dad believed that they could be something that the world didn't tell them that they should believe that they could be. And she said, you know why? Because can't none of y'all do what I do. That the things that I've done, the things that I've accomplished, y'all can't do. Now, that don't mean y'all can't write a hell of a story. But what it does mean is you can't come out here on this clay, stand across from one of the best people in the world at what they do and win. Now, it all goes right. It's, 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 it's all a part, right? All of it is a part of being great at tennis. And maybe at the next, the next Grand Slam or the next huge Open, Naomi Osaka is in a place where she can talk. She's in a place where she feels comfortable. But if she's not, let's give her that. Like, when are people going to start understanding that these athletes aren't doing things to you? They don't sit around and they say, you know what? Ryan Clark was at the game. And I remember we were wearing our white uniforms, but he wore black. He must hate me. I'm not going to play tennis today. That's not how it works.
It's not how it works with athletes in general. So let's quit with the I would if I because you ain't. Let's quit with the they should because this is how it should work because you don't know how it should work. Should work. And just because you're winning at your sport doesn't mean you conquer every day in life with a trophy. And so it brings me back to not necessarily the insensitivity of fans, right? Because fans can be insensitive. Um, I remember when I played for the Steelers, uh, this was the year after we won the Super Bowl. And um, Troy, Troy was injured, and we weren't necessarily playing great defensively. I mean, I played really well that year, but defensively we weren't playing great. And so, you know, fan mail was like a cool deal to me because I was an undrafted free agent. And if people send you mail and ask for your autograph, like that's a dope deal. So I would sign the cards, put them back in the envelope. You know, you could just drop them off at the front desk and then they'd send them back out to you. And so like that was cool to me. And also during camp, now this is this is both going to be probably like both super bougie and like really endearing to some. During camp, I wouldn't eat dinner in the cafeteria. And like y'all going to be like, well, you didn't eat in the cafeteria. You got your food catered, which I did, right? Because I needed the correct caloric values, the macros and the micros. I was trying to win games. Understood. I wasn't put together like Troy. Like I wasn't this Polynesian dude whose hair flowed in the wind and could leap over an offensive lineman in a single bomb. It wasn't me. I need to actually work at this freaking thing. Right. And so I wouldn't eat. But because I wouldn't eat, I would stay out and I would sign autographs until they kicked the fans off of campus. That was every day, every single day I would do it. The only time I wouldn't was if my family drove down from Pittsburgh and we would be going to dinner or going to do something before the meetings, and I would try to spend some time with them. But other than that, I wasn't eating. I was going to stay the whole time. I'd eat during special teams meetings, and that was fine. And so I get this letter from this fan, and he basically runs down the, the James Ferriers, the, the, the Ryan Clarks, the Ike Taylors, the, the William Gays. He's running down the list of these players who aren't performing well enough and should go back on the slave ship. That the slave ship should take these group of individuals and bring them back to where they were, to where they were from, right? To their country, even though I grew up, I was born in Algiers, Louisiana, go back to their country because they aren't doing what they were paid and brought here to do by them because they wrote my check, right? Last I checked, it was the Rooney family name on all the checks. Maybe dude's name was Benjamin Rooney. I don't know. So... I put the, you know me, like, I, I had somebody, I had a, a, a reporter from Pittsburgh write a story about how I was the first one correct about Antonio Brown while telling them how he went from liking me, me being funny and engaging when I first got to Pittsburgh to me being an a-hole. Right? And I'll be honest, there were the, I, I've, I've had arguments, I had an argument in the locker room uh, with one reporter, and we were talking about something I felt was unfair that he said about another one of my teammates because he didn't know the coverage. He didn't know if my teammate was wrong. And I felt like I knew my teammate wasn't going to defend himself. He was younger, so I did. And, you know, got into like a little screaming match, and I told him that he couldn't do the job my teammate was doing now or the job I was doing, and that eventually I was going to have the job that he had at the time and I was going to be better at that. Though 
Both things ended up being true. I shouldn't have said it. I get it. But sometimes when you have people coming at you different ways, it is difficult to handle and we handle it. And each person handles it in their own way. For me, it was to fight back. For Naomi Osaka, it's for her to take her time and relax. It's for her to get away from it and protect her peace, protect her well-being. And so I'm dealing with this. And so I go on a typical Ryan Clark. Hey, the fan said this. You can't do what we do. I don't come to your to your uh, Algebra 1 class and tell you that all of your kids are failing, so you're a bad coach. I was wrong. Looking back on it, I probably shouldn't have said it. Because I don't know if this man taught algebra or if he was accountant or not. I just gave him jobs. He may have not been good enough to earn. But either way, I say these things, and Art Rooney Jr. calls me up to his office. So for 20 minutes, he tells me how you don't go against the fans. The fans have earned the right to do this, do that, do this, do this, do that. And I tell him, because I sat there and I ate it, because I was like, I need this job. Like This is a really good job. I don't want to lose this job. And I told him, I said, well, Mr. Rooney, I said, neither this person who wrote this letter nor you have given your organs to the Pittsburgh Steelers and been willing to do it again. Not that the Rooney family hadn't done everything for Pittsburgh. I was just talking individually, person by person. The person that said I should get back on the slave ship, the person that told me I should accept them telling me that, hadn't given, at least in that time, what I had. But these are the ways that you're treated. These are the ways that you're talked to. When, when John Morant is called a boy and he says he's going to put a somebody says they're going to put a nickel in his back in Utah. And yeah, that fan is banned, right? But how is he supposed to deal with that? How is he supposed to feel about that? When John Morant isn't going out there to do things to the Utah fans, John Morant is going out to try to win the game for the Memphis Grizzlies so their fans could cheer. He's also going to entertain the fans of the Utah Jazz who paid to come there to be entertained. And because the player on the other team is being more entertaining than the player on your team, it doesn't give you the right to say whatever the hell you want to say with it. Say to him, especially if this isn't something you'll say to him if you were face-to-face -face without the rules and regulations and the security guards that protect you. I'm going to say it again, without the security guards that protect you. Because apparently rules and regulations and just being a good damn human don't matter to you people. Because you feel protected by that. You feel protected by the stands. You feel protected by understanding that if Vernon Maxwell walks into the stands because you've been at his head the entire night, that eventually you can sue Vernon Maxwell for $1.4 million and you can get it as long as he can't prove what you were saying. And in the end, he shouldn't hit you because you're saying stupid stuff anyway. But that's what happens. People say stupid stuff. Sometimes they get punched in the mouth. Right? Eddie Murphy said... When he would call, if he would have called home because he was in the club with Danny Terrio and he got punched in the lip and he looked like Jim and Walker, that that'll do it. And when his daddy asked him, hey, well, Eddie, why'd you get punched in the mouth? And he said, well, I did this. And he said, so you got punched in the lip and you look like Jimmy Walker? That'll do it. But he told Eddie, nothing from nothing leaves nothing. Had to do something, mother effer punching in the mouth. That's how it happens. Very rare you just walk around and get punched in the mouth. Usually you've done something. Right? And then you think about the malice in the palace, which Ron Artest punched the wrong guy. Some other guy threw beer on him. The other guy was just excited. Ron Artest was running into the stands to fight somebody, and then he hit the wrong guy. Now Steven Jackson's in the crowd. All these things go crazy, and that should not happen. I don't want players going into the crowd, whether beer is thrown on them, water is thrown on them, any of those things getting in fights. Yes, I want fans to be protected. 
But more than anything, I don't think that these dudes should use, lose the life or be looked at in a certain way or have a perception of them that is now built in a certain way because a fan did something stupid and you couldn't control yourself and, because, and, and you felt like you were disrespected in a way that you needed to defend yourself. You felt you were assaulted. And I know what they're going to say. Oh, it's just popcorn. Oh, the water bottle didn't hit him. Don't give a mother F. Intent is intent. But you know that that guy has more to lose than you have to lose. And you feel an entitlement to do whatever you want to do because they are cattle. Because they are there for your entertainment. But that's not right. Trey Young trying to play a football game and getting spat on or spat at, that's not okay. That's, I don't know if there's something more disrespectful. I don't know if there's something that says more, you are, you, you are, you are a product to me. You are nothing to me. You spit on the street, right? If you know anybody that dips, I live in Louisiana, I hang around baseball players, they spit in used water bottles. There ain't nothing in life that you spit on that you freaking respect. Nothing. And what I've learned, there's nothing in life that gets you whipped faster than disrespect. And so what do you want Russell Westbrook to do when he's walking into the locker room with an injury when a box of popcorn is poured on him? Should he not be mad? Should he not have to get held back? Like, that's okay to y'all? You feel like it's okay to treat another person in a way who has done nothing to you but played for the team that plays him to play for the team. You feel like that's okay because you don't like something they may say. You don't like something that they may do. That ain't right, folks. Superhuman ability or what may seem like superhuman ability doesn't make people superhuman. When you get drafted early out of Iowa State, but you got a fear of flying, so your entire career is derailed, that's a real thing. And so, I think I, let's see how I can say this and be nice. Fans, though it may feel that way, you are not on the Mickey Ficky team. Nothing that happens on the grass Nothing that happens on the court, nothing that happens on the, on the diamond, nothing that happens on the ice happens to you. None of it. A big tackle don't happen to you. Getting dunked on don't happen to you. Getting checked against the glass don't happen to you. A home run and a bat flip don't happen to you. None of that happens to you. Inversely, the things that are happening to the people that are on the diamond, on the ice, on the court, on the grass. They work to be out there anyway. If they don't want them to happen, stop the other dude from doing it. You don't want a touchdown dance? Cool. Don't let them score. You don't want to get mean mugged after a dunk? Cool. Don't let them dunk it. You don't want a dude to hit a home run, walk halfway to first base, flip the bat. Guess what? Don't throw that lollipop ASS curveball. But see, they understand that because they've done the work. They're all in the same place. And now, if those two dudes want to fight, let them fight. 
Because those two dudes earn the right to be out there. Number two, you don't write the Mickey Ficky check. I am so tired of hearing that. We write your check. No, you don't because you ain't got no money. You do not have enough money to write my check. Don't. You wouldn't have used that sorry ASS stamp to send me that letter to the facility if you had enough money to write my check because if you had enough money to write my check, they'd actually let your bum ASS in the facility. See how that works? Don't none of this stuff happen to you. Guess what, guys? It is June, right? And Juneteenth is coming. You know what, like, so Juneteenth is celebrated because Juneteenth was like the true end of, of slavery. General Gordon Granger has a decree that says all of y'all are free. Not the Emancipation Proclamation, which I know everybody likes to point to Abe Lincoln, like, oh, he let y'all free. That's not what it was. It's Juneteenth, right? When y'all celebrating on July 4th, that's not for me. I like firecrackers. When I ate pork, I like hot dogs, right? But Juneteenth was the celebration, right? Because that's when slavery ended. 1865. So guess what? Slavery over, y'all. These people are not for you. You ain't by these folks. So you can't treat them like your personal belongings. Which, by the way, you still wouldn't spit on. Matt, would you spit on your couch? Would you no. spit on your couch? No shot. No shot, right? Would, you, would your wife be upset if you spit on your couch? Well, no. Yes, she would be. Yes, <laughs> yes. I was just thinking, like, if there was a snake on the couch, <laughs> then I, but I'd do way more than spit on it. <laughs> well, if it was a snake, I'm selling the house. That's same. Yeah, same, 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 same. But no, I would not spit on my couch. Exactly. And what I mean, and why I'm asking Matt that, one, Matt's like one of my favorite people in the world, but he also lives in a place uh -huh. where people dip and spit on stuff. And if you're just walking and somebody spits on your shoe, even accidentally, you are pissed off because spitting is nasty. Throwing a water bottle at someone from the height that it was thrown at Kyrie could hurt them. Like, that's what it is. Like, that, like, like, like it's just simple. It's simple. Go to the games, cheer, boo, leave, do whatever you want to do, but let these folks do their jobs. Watch the matches. Watch the post-match interviews. But if they need peace, let them do that. None of what these athletes are doing, they are doing to you. Your life does not affect them. Most of the time, if your life does affect them, it's because a child is sick. It's because they want to do community outreach. They want to go do good. Let them play ball and do good. And so I'm going to leave y'all with this. Athletes are human too. Though they have at some time what seems like superhuman athletic ability. Though they live this life that we idolize because it's money and it's cash and it's cars and it's a feeling of I can do whatever I want. That don't change what's in here and what they deal with. Be cool. Be kind. Treat folks like humans. This was face first.
I appreciate you listening to me rant. Y'all be good.